Hey, we're going to get into a new big idea here. For the next few weeks, we're going to unpack this. But to get there, I want to tell a story that some of you have heard before, but I promise it's taking us someplace new. And the story is about my brother, the farmer, which that sentence alone is, uh, makes us laugh, those of us who know him, only because not, not all of us saw that coming earlier in his life. So my brother, who went from uh, working at Prada in, uh, in Chicago to being a personal shopper in Miami, is now a farmer in southwest Michigan. And uh, we're still kind of catching up with this development in his life. Uh, but I've learned a lot from my brother in this move in his life, becoming a farmer. And so a little while ago, I was up there in the fields with my brother, and being in the field with my brother helped me solve a problem that I had been working on for a while. So I was working at another church at the time, and we were trying to crack the code on what we call discipleship or disciple-making. This is a word that we use to talk about growing the way that Jesus wants us to grow and becoming the people that Jesus is helping us become. And churches are always wrestling with discipleship, disciple-making, how do we do that? How does that play out in our church? And our job as a team was to create a disciple-making system that was the language that we used. And so I was part of the team that was trying to figure this out. And I'm reading like every book I can find on the subject. I got a big old stack of them on my desk. And have you ever had a time when you're trying to solve a problem or do some research or figure something out and, and there's something that's not quite right but you can't find the words for it? You ever had that problem? You're solving something at your work or your family or in your personal life. Or there's just a puzzle that you're trying to solve or a thing that you're trying to figure out. And as you're working on it, something is unsettled. Something isn't landing right, but you can't name it. Well, that's what I was feeling as I was reading all these books about discipleship. Something's off, but I can't figure it out. And in the middle of all of that, my brother invites me to come up to the farm and check out his new farm. So I'm up there and I'm kind of out of my element. Some of you might have already discerned that seeing Jason in a farmer's field is not exactly like my native environment. So I'm there and I'm observing everything and it's all kind of new to me. You know, hey, look, that's real corn, you know. It's very exciting for me. Like not the farm stand, but like on the stalk, you know. And he's showing me things like, uh, hey, check out this, this little batch of corn he shows me. I planted one kind of seed here. And you can see how the way that this seed was supposed to be pest preventative is working. And then right next to it, here's another batch of corn with another seed and it's not. And he talks about how the weather is working for him or against him this year, or whether he planted too early or too late. And he points to a part of the field where it dips down a little bit, and with all the rain that came, it soaked it just a little too much. And we're out there the whole time, and this, this epiphany sort of strikes me. This, this moment just hits me where I realize this, this, is a, this is a native environment for all of Jesus' teachings about what he's up to, because Jesus is always talking about seeds growing and fruit being born and He's always using these agricultural metaphors, and I'm there in the field with my brother, and this thing hits me that out here, this all feels a lot like the language that Jesus used. There's something going on here that's a lot like the way Jesus thought about us growing. And the thought that hit me is like everything I've been reading in those books, it didn't feel like a field, it felt like a factory. And so around here, we've developed a, a metaphor that, that helps us understand what we believe as a church about what we do, and, and the metaphor is fields not factories. Because I don't believe that you are a factory. I don't believe I'm a factory. Our souls aren't manufactured. They're, they're, they're meant to be grown, to be cultivated, right? But those are two very different things. So that started breaking into my life, and I started thinking about all the differences between factories and fields. We could go all day on this. Like a factory, you've got total control, right? You build a factory, you put up walls, a roof, doors that you seal. You control everything that comes in and everything that goes out. You design the processes. You buy the machines. You make your widgets, right? There's a lot of control in a factory. In a field, you have control over far fewer factors, right? You have control over some things, and you better take responsibility for them. 
But uh, in a factory, it's like all about what you can make happen. A field, often success is about what you do with what happens. What you do when rain comes, when something unexpected happens, when pests invade your field or whatever. Like a, in a factory, you can make things happen. In a field, it's about what you do with what happens. Those are all these differences. But for the next few weeks, I want to press into another difference, especially today. Here's a big difference between factories and fields. Factories don't have seasons. Fields do. Factories don't have seasons. Fields do. And we want to just uh, sort of work our way into that idea today as it helps us. Uh, because um, in a factory, I mean, you can decide what you want to do and when you want to do it, right? Like most manufacturing, like you can kind of decide, I want these raw materials here and we're going to do this thing. But in a field, it's less about deciding when you want to do things and more about discerning when the right thing is to do things, right? You've, you've got to discern, is, is it time to plant? Weather and climate and almanacs and best guesses, all of that kind of comes together to discern, is it time to plant? Is it time to harvest? Is this crop ready to come out of the ground? Uh, factories are about deciding, fields are about discerning. And we want to talk about discerning. Because in the field, if you do the right thing at the wrong time, it's the wrong thing, right? And my brother, the farmer, like if he starts planting in January, that's not going to go very well for him, right? Shoot, if my brother just decides on the calendar, spring usually starts in, I don't know, say April. Is that when we say spring starts or March? I don't know. So I'm just going to plant because that's what my calendar says instead of actually going out in the field and observing, looking at the weather patterns and discerning. It really matters. If, you, if you're in a field, you've got to work to figure out what season you're in. Uh, the scriptures point to this, and you've got it on that card that you got when you walked in. And by the way, if anybody didn't get a, uh, one of these cards today, you're really going to want one because this is kind of our tool for the day. So if you don't have one, if you want to raise your hand, some of our greeters will make sure. Yeah, we've got a few hands here or there. You all, you're all going to want one of these. And just kind of keep that hand popped up until one comes your way, okay? But we have this scripture. Uh, this is, it says Ephesians which is the sign that Jay was on his first day back from vacation. It's actually Ecclesiastes. I was just a total, total brain melt, sorry. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Just listen to this from the scriptures. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And if we're going to grow and become something together, if we're actually going to take Jesus seriously at all the promises that he makes, that he wants to grow us up and make us alive, that he wants to heal us and teach us and train us and form us, if we're going to take all that seriously, then, then we've got to think about cultivating all of that good stuff, right? Um, you can make a lot of things. You can make widgets you can get some silicon and make computer chips. You can get some steel and make cars. You can make a lot of things. But I'm learning more and more that the good stuff can't be made. It can only be cultivated. Right? Making is completely on your timeline. You're in control of everything. Cultivating is about working with the elements, working with the processes, nurturing, being patient. And cultivating means knowing the season that you are in in your life. It means doing some self-reflection. It means doing some work. 
And we take very seriously the idea that God actually cares what we become, that God actually wants to cultivate something good in us. So for that reason, we believe we need to become pretty good at discerning the seasons that we are in. And that's where we want to start today. We're going to move through three uh, sort of moments of reflection in our gathering. We're going to just create a little bit of space for us to listen, to breathe, to think, uh, to maybe tap into some of those inner spaces, some of those inner realities that we live distant from all week long. And so this is the first one that we want to uh, work through together. It's a question about what season you're experiencing. And maybe we should think about uh, the seasons of the calendar as a helpful image to get us through this. Autumn, for example, we're, we're like right uh, about at the turning point, right? We've had summer, but here we are. As some of us are really excited about it. I personally sweat when it's more than 65 degrees outside, so I'm very excited to get done with the summer nonsense and get to my favorite season. I, uh, I, like, I like reading books in coffee shops. I don't, I don't like really going to the beach, so it's not my thing. But you might be the kind of person that loves summer, and then when autumn comes, you start to feel, um, as the temperatures start to dip a little bit, and as the, the green of the tree starts to move to red and yellow and brown, as the sun uh, gets a little lower in its arc in the sky, as the days get a little shorter, you feel that, right? You feel, in a sense, it's like all the energy and life of summer is starting to pull back a little bit. Um, all the energy, all the charisma of a summer season is starting to fade gently, little by little, and every once in a while a cold wind comes. Autumn is a, is a season that you and I walk through in our lives, and whether we like it or not, it does come. Now, uh, maybe there's some part of your life, some season, where things are, are receding, where it feels like a bit of decay is about to begin. And in my experience, most of us are wired to resist that. Most of us are wired to just keep like pushing summer, pushing summer, pushing summer. Growth, growth, growth all the time, baby, right? But in fact, this, this season wisdom that's in the scriptures and that we're talking about today, it's teaching us don't always resist that. Don't, 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 um, don't try to fight the seasons because they're coming whether you like it or not. The question is whether we'll discern them and whether we'll cooperate with them, right? So autumn might be a way of describing the season that you're in in some part of your life right now. It's interesting that um, while we see bright green life starting to diminish, we do have beauty in autumn. There's a unique kind of beauty. I almost wonder if that's nature's way of reminding us that even in the quieting down, even in the diminishing, there's something profound and important going on, right? A lot of the plants that will, will bloom in the spring, a lot of the beauty that we'll see later actually come from seeds that are being scattered by those colder winds that blow in the fall, and it's good to name and celebrate the autumns in our lives. What about winter? Uh, we have a, a very sort of visceral experience of winter here in northern Indiana, don't we? Last couple of winters have been okay, but if you think back to the polar vortex season that we had not too long ago, it's rough, I know. Winter uh, is dark, the days are very short. Um, in nature's rhythms, it seems like there's not a lot going on in winter, right? But you might even just, on a quick observation, you might think that winter is a wasted season. Why would we have a season where there's no blooms on the trees, where there's no life, where there's no energy out there? But of course, don't we know that even in winter, important things are happening. Uh, fields are laying fallow, right? Those, uh, those snowstorms that come that we may not be that happy about, much of that snow is accumulating in mountains, and in the spring, that very same snow will melt and form the streams and rivers that, that turn all of our meadows verdant green again. But were it not for the winter where all that ice and snow accumulates, that spring wouldn't have what it needs to be so beautiful, right? 
I mean, we like to just get out there and go and go and go, but winter reminds us there are times in our life and places in our life where it's good to, to rest, to grow quiet, to, to sleep a little longer when the nights are long, to, to um, trust that there, there's something important that happens when things are, are still, right? And by the way, uh, Parker Palmer, uh, a writer, a follower of Jesus who talks about the seasons in life, he points out that there's a particular kind of wisdom that you get for winter if you live in the Midwest. <laughs> and he says anybody that's lived through a few Midwestern winters knows that the only real way to get through a good winter is to get out into it, right? Like when it gets really cold and snowy, you're tempted to just like stay in your house all the time. But if you do that all winter long, you're just going to be depressed and sad and none of us are going to like you very much. So don't do that, right? In fact, like, the best thing you can do in winter is go out into the winter, right? Go out and feel, get a good jacket, get some good boots. Some of those sunny days when everything is covered with brand new snow and the sun is just bouncing off of everything, radiating the winter with brightness, it's good to get out there in the winter, isn't it? Some of us, we don't want to go into our winter. We don't want to explore our winter. The places that feel dead or dark, we don't, we don't like that kind of self-knowledge. And so we just kind of bunker down, we just kind of close ourselves up. But what if winter also is inviting you out? Some winter in your life, in your work, in your relationships, some sort of dead-feeling season, what if that too is an invitation saying, come out and explore this, dig into this a little bit. This season matters for your growth too. And then there's spring. And spring's easy to get excited about. It's like, you know, very romantic. A lot of really cheesy poems are written about spring, you know. Um, but let's, let's not forget that before spring is beautiful, it is a mess, right? Spring is mud. Spring is two days 70 degrees and then one day 30 degrees and you're very angry about it, right? Spring is chaotic and unpredictable. But in all the mud and the mess of spring, new life is about to break in, right? And there's things about spring that are uniquely beautiful and important for us to pay attention to, and then there's summer. It's abundance, it's energy radiating, it's light. And summer is a season that some of us, um, because we know that autumn is coming again and winter is coming again, we may sort of try to hold back. We don't want to fully enter in because we don't want to get the rug taken out from underneath us when summer is over. And yet, while summer's here, why not get out into the daylight and enjoy it and celebrate it and see all the life and the energy that's there? Uh, these are the seasons... Um, that are woven into the world that God has planted us in, right? And I think uh, they might be really helpful metaphors for us to think about where we are, what season we're in, and different areas of life. So um, as people who want to cultivate the really good stuff, uh, we have to start by discerning what season we're in. And let's take just a few minutes to start that process. So we're going to play, play some, um, some curated con con uh, contemplative sounds. <laughs> And uh, really, we just want to give everybody a few minutes. This card is meant to help you. On the bottom of that first page there, you see this question. What season are you experiencing in these areas of life? Has one season passed to another without you noticing? Are you in a transition right now? What season are you in in your life with God? What season are you in in your marriage, your most significant relationships, your family, your work or education, your social life? Is there one season that best describes your life as a whole right now? We'll take a few minutes, just a few minutes to reflect on that. Um, as a community, we believe in this promise that God has actually uh, given the Holy Spirit 
that, that God is present with us to grow us up to cultivate these good things. And so for many of us, this is an exercise in not just listening to our own thoughts, but just being open to the presence of God to see if, if God would lead us or stir us in any direction. Um, but if you're a person for whom the words God, Holy Spirit, prayer, like, doesn't work or weirds you out, totally cool. This just might be a great chance for you to reflect. Might just be a great opportunity for a little bit of self-awareness and self-knowledge uh, before we move into the next movement in this idea today, okay? So let's take a few minutes and we'll just reflect. Before we go on to uh, the next movement in this, I'm wondering, anybody want to be brave and talk to us about a season you discerned? Uh, if you're new here, we, we really like to do this, uh, just kind of open the floor and learn from each other. Anybody want to name a season that you discern in some area of your life or just kind of as a whole? Yeah. Say it again. Retirement. Retirement. Yeah. Say more about that. Finding out what the next step is and what God wants to do with your time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do, does that cor do you feel like that correlates to um, autumn, winter, f spring, or, f or summer at all for you? Probably spring. Spring? Yeah. Like kind of a, there was something new around the corner, a new phase, a new mode. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else want to speak up? The 9 o'clock gets a pass because they came early for church, but you guys got 30 minutes of sleep extra. Mara.
Yeah, Mara said um, some areas of life feel very autumnal, and there can be a fear in that, that winter's after that. But uh, maybe instead of just holding the fear, having the hopefulness that there's the spring that comes after that. Did I hear that right? Yeah, thanks, Mara. Anybody else? Yeah. Wow, yeah, thanks. A lot of transitions, feels like spring, it's messy, there's mud, and you're not sure how long it'll be before this kind of messy transitional season grows into new life. Did I hear that right? Yeah, thanks. Well, let's, um, let's kind of keep moving through this. Um, by the way, we've given you these cards not just for today, but I hope you might find them helpful to keep processing this week. I'm not under any illusion that like three minutes is enough for us to just kind of map our life. It's just a start, you know? But we want to go ahead and move on um, because as you discern the season that you're in, uh, discerning the season can then help us figure out uh, what to do in the season, right? Like I mentioned for my brother, the farmer, I mean, if he starts planting in January, that's both idiotic and unproductive, right? (laughs) There are times uh, to do certain kinds of things. And a couple of words that stand out to us as we think about seasons and growing and cultivating are pruning and planting. Pruning and planting. Let's talk about these for a minute. Pruning is about cutting things away. Now, sometimes the pruning can feel kind of easy. Like if you see something that's dead and it's pretty clear that it's not coming back, that's the easy kind of pruning, right? Everything from like getting rid of stuff in your house that you know that you're not going to use anymore because it's broken. Um, The dead stuff, it can be easy to prune. Um, But pruning can also be challenging because any good cultivator, anybody who cultivates anything that's growing or alive knows you don't just cut out the dead stuff. Sometimes you cut out some stuff that's alive, but it's not best for what is growing, right? And different seasons call for different kinds of pruning. This can be really hard, by the way, because um, I think we like to add stuff. I think it's hard for us to end stuff. That's not true for everyone, but for most of us, like the world we live in is very much like more and more and more and more and more right? Like the most impressive people are the ones who have a bunch of things going on. Nobody brags about what they've ended, right? Nobody tweets about how excited they are that they stopped doing something, right? Nobody posts Instagram posts of like the thing that they just stopped doing because there's nothing to take a picture of, right? Like we, the, the stuff that we start, the stuff that we add, it gets the headlines, but the pruning work can be really important. It can be really, really hard uh, to have some of those endings. It may be um, that there's a, a part of your week, a part of your rhythm, just something that you've done forever, some activity that you show up for, something that you do every week. It just doesn't need to be there anymore. Maybe it's dead. It's just legitimately dead. Or maybe knowing the season you're in, you realize it's not going to help you produce the fruit that this season calls for in life. Um, this can be a hard one. Sometimes pruning is social. And what I mean by that is like, None of us can be best friends with 122 people. You guys get that, right? It's not, you're not made for that. It's not possible in that regard. And this is, this is hard talk. This is not about abandoning people. This is not about turning your back on people. But the fact is, like, you can get to a point where you are just giving every minute of your life to being socially available. And there's nothing, it's so crowded in there that none of the daylight can get down where it needs to get to in your life. None of the real growing can happen because it's just so crowded in there and pruning needs to happen. Um, 
I, uh, a season of my life that I discerned that called for both pruning and planting um, was actually getting South Bend City Church started. And so when I realized, like, this is going to be the next season of my life, leading this new thing, I had to think a lot about pruning and planting. Let's talk about the pruning for a second. Um, like, the fact is, there are people I love to death who were a big part of my life before I did this church. And it's not like we had gotten a fight. It's not like we, you know, were at odds with one another. It's not like I was happy to get rid of them. But just the fact is, I'm not able to make as much time for these people, even though I love them to death. And the only way that I would be able to is if I became a crazy, like, 24-7 socialite who never had any time to grow or do anything deep, right? And I'm not trying to talk about being selfish, but it's just a fact that there are people who I, I spent a lot of my time with in that season that I don't spend as much of my time with today. And I miss them, and I love them, and most of them are mature enough to, like, appreciate, like, it's just a different season, and that's okay. In fact, that's healthy. It's part of how we grow. Uh, another part of pruning for me in this season was uh, something that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks when Ryan teaches us. But um, I just realized I need a day a week when I do nothing very seriously. And so, so ever since I started this, I've taken a very, uh, I call it a hard Sabbath, meaning like I shut everything down for 24 hours a week. I delete all my social media apps from my phone. I delete my email from my phone. I delete the messaging app that our staff uses. They can call me if they need to, but like, I just shut everything down for 24 hours a week. It's just pruning. It's just clearing stuff out because I knew that I needed it for the season here. Uh, maybe there's pruning that's appropriate to the season that you're in right now. Or maybe there's planting that's appropriate for the season that you're in right now. Starts of new life, new things that you're going to get your hands on, new patterns, new learnings, new relationships, new practices. The fact is you might have moved into a new season, but you might not have started planting yet. And maybe it's time to start planting for the season that you're in. This might mean reaching out to new friends. But this is another part of my life. I have a bunch of new friends called South and City Church, and I'm really grateful for that. Also, uh, I realized up until I do, did this, like, I didn't have any like, lead pastor friends, which might sound like a weird thing to think about, but I didn't really have any close friends who do the specific work that I do. And in this season, I found it's been really good to plant some seeds of friendship with people who do the work that I do. I learn from them. I get encouraged from them. I find out I'm not crazy from them. <laughs> or sometimes I find out I am, and that's useful too, right? Uh, new learning, new relationships, new practices, new ways of moving through your week, new ways to belong. Planting can be very appropriate, too, for the season that you're in. And once you discern the season, it's time to ask what kinds of pruning and planting might be a part of your life. And so right now, just uh, to give us a few minutes to think about that, it's a simple question. As you discern the seasons that you're in, what kinds of pruning and planting are appropriate for you right now? Is there anything that you need to get rid of is there anything that you need to add if you believe that this is a season for good growth and cultivation to happen in your life? Let's take a few minutes and just sit with that question.
I, uh, another, another planting came to mind for me in the season I'm in. I, uh, so I'm, you may have already figured this out. I'm, I'm of the personality type that could live in my head all day and not do anything or engage anything or use my body in any way. I could just like sit and think about ideas and be really happy about it. Um, but in this season of my life, just wanting to be holistically healthy and get stress out in appropriate ways and all that, I just realized I needed more help uh, being fit and you know, taking care of my body. So I reached out to a friend who's a part of our church who looks like he could destroy anyone and we work out together now and that's been a, a good practice of mine. It kind of calls me out of my head into my body which is part of my life, you know? And that was a recent planting that came from me thinking about what season am I in and how, what do I need to do to grow and be, and be healthy and full of fruit. Uh, anybody else want to name something they're going to prune or plant? Now, if it's the person sitting next to you, don't talk about that, okay? We don't need to hear about that. <laughs> it's like, I'm done with this friend, man. This is our last Sunday, like, being, hanging out at church. You can just keep that quiet for now. Uh, but does anybody have some pattern, some practice, some activity, some, some, something that you think maybe you should get rid of or add? Yeah. Right on. Need to cultivate more of a social life, like proactively reaching out and finding new friendships. Yeah, thank you. Who else? Anybody else want to? Speak up, pruning or planting, anything you're adding or getting rid of? Yeah, Angela. I'm realizing that I need to plant stillness oh. and Sabbath and rest. Mm-hmm. Because I can, in this season of my life, I feel like on any given day I'm juggling chainsaws. <laughs> and so it's, kind of, it's a good reminder to just be still. Yeah. Angela said uh, it needs to plant stillness, Sabbath, and rest. You said at this point in your life you feel like you're juggling chainsaws, which is a really vivid image. And yeah, in light of that season, you need to plant stillness and rest. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's awesome, Laura. Yeah, thank you. I love it. Laura said, so I don't know if you all know Laura. Laura runs the church. And uh, <laughs> as a joke. No, but Laura's like a rock star volunteer. And she serves in a lot of ways. And she's here like every time we're gathering. And last week, you might not have been around for this, but we actually took last week off as a church, which is sort of a communal practice of some of these rhythms. And Laura said that in having the week off, you felt kind of useless, I heard. Because like what you do is this, right? And so it helped you discover that you need to plant some non-SBCC stuff in your life, like piano lessons, you said, which is so awesome. I love that. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, okay, well, that's, uh, that's really, uh, it's fun to be able to learn from you guys and the things that you're discerning in this. We're going to make one more turn here uh, before we go. So far, we've been talking about farming and gardening as if we're the farmers, we're the gardeners. And there's, there's plenty to be said for that in Scripture, that we learn how to cultivate good things. Uh, But the even better promise in Scripture, the even bigger idea, is that God is a good gardener. That that God loves us enough that he cares more than like what we believe, more than our past. He actually cares about what we become. Like whether we grow and flourish, whether we have the kind of good things coming out of our lives that we were made to give to the world. That God himself is a good gardener who loves us. This is a good promise in the Scriptures, but it's not easy. There's this passage in uh, John chapter 15 where Jesus is speaking 
And he alludes to how this is good, but it's not easy. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And uh, the image here is not of us getting into our life and pruning things, but of God getting into our life and pruning us. And the good news is that God cares enough about us that he wants to grow us up and make beautiful lives and do beautiful things through us. The difficult news is pruning sometimes really hurts. I was in a season of life a little while ago. I had moved into a new work role at the last church I was at. I had gone from uh, sort of just focusing on doing some music to leading our creative teams. And as I contemplated taking that step into a new staff role, like I realized there's going to be a lot of growth that that's going to require of me. I'm going to grow from having nobody report to me to having like 14 people on my team and just a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. And honestly, at first, I'm like, this is great. I bet it's going to feel great to grow. Yeah, and anybody who's lived more than a minute is like famous last words, right? So I step into this role, and guys, many, many days, I'm just like, man, I'm terrible at this. And also, like, like I just feel like I'm not, I don't have what it takes. I'm not, I'm not given the, the gifts, the energy, the strength, the insight. I feel stupid half the time. I feel like I come to the end of myself again and again. And it was in the middle of that deep frustration that I, I listened to a, a talk from a leadership guru person who brought this scripture to bear. And this person talked about how, how the growth that we long for is on the other side of pruning that might hurt really bad. But aren't you glad to know that God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be a weedy garden, that God loves you so much that he doesn't want to let the undergrowth grow so cluttered that beautiful things can't still come out of our lives? Aren't you glad to know that? But then it's time to brace ourselves for some pruning. Um, that might feel like something that you love that you were holding on to that's been taken away from you. That might feel like... Um, a way that you want to grow, but you keep running into a dead end. That might feel like um, you just keep getting confronted with the ways that life isn't coming through you. You keep, keep getting confronted with your failures or with the ways that you feel like you fall short. It might feel like those things. And I was having a lot of those feelings, but in that moment when that leadership voice uh, spoke and brought the scripture to bear, it helped me so much because it reframed so much of the pain I was experiencing, the frustration I was experiencing. And I, I don't mean to suggest that God's like actively doing all of the things that hurt in our lives. I'm not suggesting that. But it does open up the possibility that the difficult things, the hard things that we're feeling, it opens up the possibility that they could be used for our growth for our good. And all of a sudden, I found myself starting to relax into some of those difficulties rather than like tensing up, if you know what I mean. Like when you're under the hand of a very good surgeon or when a rose bush is under the hand of a very good gardener, if it only knew what kind of buds, what kind of beauty that gardener's calling out of that bush, right? So uh, a couple of questions, a few questions for us to reflect on. And this will be the last moments of reflection for us before uh, Kelly and Dan come up and help us with a little bit of music. But a couple of questions. What kind of fruit do you want to bear? What kind of beautiful life do you hope will come from you? Uh, what good things do you hope will come from your life? And how might God be pruning you right now for greater growth? Is there something in your life right now that you've not thought of like that before, but maybe in fact you're being pruned for greater growth and life? Let's, uh, let's take just a couple of minutes and reflect on that.
So may you know that you were made for life and growth. May you remember that the good stuff cannot be manufactured, but it can be cultivated. May you trust the God who cares about you enough to want to make something beautiful out of you and through you. May you know that every time he prunes you, it's with love. And may we move out into the world discerning where we are and the ones that we love are so that we can be participants in the cultivating story. And we say to one another uh, this week, like every week, grace and peace be with you. Love you, friends. See you soon.